Cathedral of Faith. Surf's up. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, I'm so glad that you're here this week. And yeah, let's give God praise. It's great to be together, focusing in on God and the hope that God brings. Whether you're here on campus or around the Bay Area or around the world, thank you so much for joining us this weekend. We are in a series called Great Expectations, How to Keep Hope Alive in Your Heart. And the reason that is so important Hope is so essential to the human spirit. Let me illustrate it by something that happened many years ago. There was a utility company that was going to build a dam at the end of this one valley. And so they went to the residents of the town that was nearby. And they told them about the project. It would take about three years to complete. Now, they were going to buy all of the property in the town and that the residents could live for free as long as they wanted until that three-year period hit because eventually the whole town was going to be submerged underwater. Well, a writer who had grown up in that town, he went back to visit it one year after the utility company had bought all the property. There were still people living in the town. But what had changed in the town, it just shook him. What had been a beautiful little town with well-kept yards and nice little homes, it now had an expiration date. And it had turned in this, into this dilapidated ghost town. I mean, why fix the fence if the waves are going to knock it down soon? Why fill in the pothole in the road if water's going to cover it soon? Why take care of the yard? Let the weeds grow. It's all going to be submerged underwater. And the writer wrote this phrase about what he saw. He said, where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. If there's no hope for the future, there's no strength to engage the present. But today is the day we're asking God to re-energize our spirit because we have hope for the future. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Because of God, we have hope for the future. In fact, I'm going to read a passage. If everybody would stand with me for the reading of God's word, I'm going to read you a passage. These people had lost their hope. They believed they had no future. Why build a house if you have no future? Why have kids if you have no future? And God speaks to these people, and he starts to, well, make hope come alive in their hearts. He says to them, build houses and make your homes there. 
plant gardens and eat what they produce. Get married, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters to be married, then they too can have sons and daughters. Let there be many more of you and not fewer. And it goes on, also work for the success of the city. I have sent you to pray, I I have sent to you, pray to the Lord for that city. If it succeeds, you too will enjoy success. Can somebody say amen to that? And then comes the verse that so many of us know. And let this verse get in your spirit. Say it with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Let God speak that into your spirit today. I know the plans I have for you, Cathedral of Faith. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Can we give God praise for his word? Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I'm moving forward. Go ahead and do that. I'm moving forward. I'm not going back. I'm moving forward. Because refocusing on your future... If you're going to keep hope alive in your heart, you have to focus on the future. You have to go back to the future. I heard about a frog who wanted to find out about his future. And so he was at the fair and he went to a fortune teller. Now, you shouldn't really go to fortune tellers, but frogs don't know that. So he went to the fortune teller and asked about his future. And the fortune teller told him, she said, the good news is I see a beautiful young woman in your future who's going to be very interested in you. And the frog got all excited. And he said, where am I going to meet her? At church, at the fair, at the pond? And she said, no, the bad news is you'll meet her in biology class. Don't you hate when that happens? That's why you shouldn't go to fortune tellers. Amen. The future, refocusing on the future. That we're moving forward. I mean, it's, God has built this message into us. If, to drive this point home, if you'll get interactive with me, if everyone would just take your hands, if you're comfortable doing this, take your hands and just Put them on the back of your head like this and, and look around. Just look around the back of your head. Do you, do you feel any eyes in the back of your head? No? No eyes in the back of your head? I've got hair on the back of my head. No eyes. I've got, in fact, I've got less hair than I used to have, but I still have a little. Where are our eyes? They're in the front because we're made to look forward. And now look at your feet. Which way are your feet pointing? Are they going sideways? Are they going backwards? Unless you're a contortionist, they're looking forward. They're forward. Because our our feet send a message. We're made to move forward. That right there is the sermon. You got it. Look forward. Move forward. I'm not looking back. I'm looking where? I'm not going back. I'm going where? 
if you focus on the future, this is the way to keep hope alive in your spirit. I'm moving forward. I want that to get in your spirit today because I feel God. God wants to meet you in this moment in such a powerful way. If you're facing a crisis today, that crisis can come, become a catalyst. It doesn't have to send you back. It can send you forward. Can somebody say amen? amen. You know, one of my dad's favorite passages that he would preach from. I heard him preach from this passage I don't know how many times over the course of his ministry. It's found in Joshua chapter 1. And the first two verses read this way. The Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then. Say that with me. Now then. Say it again. Now then. God always has a now then. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them. I want this to get, yeah, let's give God praise. That's a powerful word. It really is. Get into the story. It's hard to get our arms around just how big of a crisis this was. Moses was the man. He had been the man for a long time. He's the one who led them out of slavery. He's the one who led them through the wilderness. He's the one who took them right to the very edge of the promised land. And now he dies? He's the only leader they had ever known. It's crisis time for the people. They had come to the end of a chapter, but they thought it was the end of the book. Moses is dead, but God is still alive. And God always has a now then. And instead of the crisis Sending them back, the crisis becomes a catalyst that sends them forward to take hold of the land that God had promised them. And somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that. Because right now in your life, that's exactly where you're at. You're in crisis and your whole world has been turned upside down. And when your world's turned upside down, it's difficult and it's painful. I know what it's like to have my world turned upside down. And I've got to tell you, it's excruciating. But here's what I've learned. Crisis does not have to destroy you. Crisis can become the catalyst that sends you to a place where you can take hold of a promised land. Crisis does not have to send you back. Instead, by the help of God, it can send you forward. It all depends on which way you're looking. If you look back, the crisis is going to send you back. But if you look forward, the crisis is going to send you forward into the future that God has for you. Amen? Crisis is going to send you forward. 
you've come to the end of the chapter, but it's not the end of the book. Turn the page, and there's a new season, a new place, a new territory. I, I was talking last week to one of our greeters, and oh, with big tears in his eye, he, he told me his journey, how he lost his computer business. He had started the business 16 years ago, had the business, and you know, with competition and the rise of smartphones and location renovation, he had to close down his business. And he said it was so hard because that business had been his baby. He had given birth to it. He had helped it grow. And now he's having to shut it down. It was the end of a chapter. But thanks be to God, it wasn't the end of the book. And he looked for work for four months and eventually God opened a door for him to be hired by one of his competitors. And that competitor just happened to be the store that was right across the street. The competitor hired him and then put him in charge of five stores. So he went from having one store to running five stores. What did God do? God enlarged his territory and gave him more influence, more opportunity, more responsibility. It was the end of the chapter, but when he turned the page, he found that it was a new place, a new season, a new destiny for him. It may be the end of the chapter. It's not the end of the book. Hallelujah. God's still alive. God has a now then for your life today. It may be the end of the chapter, but it's not the end of the book. As we focus on the future, I'm not going back. I'm going where? I'm not going back. I'm going where? Which way am I going? Am I looking back? I'm looking. You got the sermon right there. But let's talk a little bit more. If you've been asking the question, what is? Start asking a different question. What can? What can? Say this with me. What can? What can this become? My wife, she loves those uh, fixer-upper shows. Did anybody watch those? She loves watching those shows. And I love my wife. So when she wants to watch those shows, I watch them with her because you know how it goes, husbands. Happy wife. Here we go. It's a smart group here at Cathedral of Faith. And so we're watching these shows, and, you know, it's not really my thing, but they're actually very interesting. I mean, because these folks have this remarkable ability to look at a situation and see what is. And what is, is the place is a wreck. It's a mess. It really is. But they not only see what is, they imagine what this place can become. And they create these spaces like this. I mean, look at what is, but look at what this can become. Or look at what is, and look at what this can become. Look at what is, look at what this can become. And when it happens, when you see the extreme makeover, I mean, watch 
Watch the response of this one single dad who had three kids, a hardworking dad who worked so hard in the community to serve others and watch his response to the extreme makeover of his place. You guys know what to say? Say it with me. Here we go. Bus When the bus moved, and I seen this wonderful, marvelous-looking house, it was, it was awesome. In the old home, I felt a lot of pressure, like the walls were closing in, and things were falling down around me, and I didn't have the control to stop it. With this new home, it feels like the walls are expanding far beyond the four walls of my house, and everybody is benefiting from it. It's uh, brightening your rising moment you know it's just it's awesome awesome beautiful beautiful moment and did and did you hear what he said did you hear what he said he said i felt like the walls were closing in that's what what the situation is but when you saw what it could become, and he experienced it. Now he felt like his walls were expanding. And someone here today, you're looking at the situation in your life, and all you can see is what is. And today's the day to look past the present and into the future. And to see what can this situation become because God is not finished with it yet. God is not finished with it yet. There was a, a leader, very powerful spiritual leader, who talked about his journey growing up. His parents split up when he was just a little guy and his grandma was trying to raise him but he says he was a troublemaker, just a hellraiser, man. And so here he is in school. He's always getting in trouble. And he's in the fifth grade, and he's causing so much trouble that one day that fifth grade teacher ties him to a chair and puts tape over his mouth. That's what you call old school. <laughs> when he gets to sixth grade, he says this became the turning point in his life. Because the first day of class, the teacher's calling roll, and when she gets to his name, this is what she says. She says, Howard, that was his name, I've heard all about you, and he thinks, oh boy, here we go, same old, same old. 
She says, I've heard all about you and I do not believe a word of it. And he said, that became the moment. The turning point in his life. Because for the first time, someone looked at him and they saw more than just where he was at. They saw potential in him. And they saw what he could become. And he did become one of the most important spiritual leaders in the last 50 years. And today, if you're in a situation where it feels like the walls are closing in on you, if all you look at is what is, that is when discouragement wins the day. But if you'll start to look forward and see what this situation can become, that God is not finished with it yet. If you look at a teenager and all you see is where they're at, you're going to get discouraged. But if you can look toward the future and say, God is not finished with them yet, God has a great future for my teenager. Amen. A hope and a future. If you look at your marriage and where it's at, you may get discouraged. But if you look toward the future and say, God is not finished with my marriage, God has a hope and a future for my marriage. If you look at your own life, at where you're at, and sometimes you look at yourself and you're just so disappointed. Man, I should be better than this. I should be beyond this. Friend, if you look at yourself... Where you're at right now, you may get discouraged. But if you look at your future and say, God is not finished with me yet. He has, well, the Bible puts it this way. It says, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Hallelujah. That's where you're headed. Let hope start to stir in your heart. Let hope start to stir in your heart. This is the way... That Jesus looked at people. Look who he chooses to be a disciple. He chooses a tax collector. A tax collector. I, I saw this one Snoopy comic and it goes like this. It said, Dear IRS, I am writing you to cancel my subscription. Please remove my name from your mailing list, right? I mean, the IRS is not that popular today. But tax collectors in the first century, well, they were despised. They were viewed by the Jewish community as crooked traitors. Because these tax collectors would buy the privilege to collect taxes from their fellow Jews. They would buy the privilege from the Romans. And then they would take advantage of their fellow Jews, they could collect as much as they want. It was totally arbitrary. In fact, when you look in the New Testament, you'll find that these three groups are often mentioned together. The sinners, the harlots, and the tax collectors. So if you were a first century Jew, the last thing you would want to do is have anything to do with a tax collector and then you come to Jesus and Jesus goes up to a crooked trader a tax collector and he invites him we read about it 
in Matthew chapter 9. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Jesus shocks everyone. Why? Because when everyone else looked at that tax collector, all they could see was where he was. He was a crooked traitor. But Jesus saw more than that. He saw who the man could become. That one day, this would be the man who would write the first book of the New Testament. Amen. That's what God can do. So friend, this is the day to begin to raise your sights and look toward the future. Don't just see where you're at. See that God is not finished with you yet and that God has given you a future and a hope. Can all God's people say amen? Amen. See, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm going I'm not looking back. I'm looking You know the message. It's right there. That's the sermon. But here's one more thing before we dismiss. If you wrestle with regret, wow, let grace set you free. If you wrestle with regret, let grace set you free. I found this picture of a kid. He says, I made a huge mistake. (laughs) Look at that Look at that facial expression. Wow. And that can be right. You know, we have situations and we're holding on like that. And we say, man, that was a huge mistake. Big failure. Oh, do I have regrets. There was a a man in the Bible. Did he ever have regrets? He was ISIS before there was ISIS. He was a terrorist. And what he did is he went around terrorizing men, women, and children just because they were followers of Jesus. He was a terrorist. And then one day he has a dramatic encounter with Jesus. And he sees how wrong he had been. And he thinks to himself, what have I done? Talk about failure. Talk about mistakes. Talk about regrets. How am I ever going to overcome that? And then his guilt runs into the grace of God. And when guilt meets grace, grace always wins. Can somebody say amen? Grace triumphs over guilt. Grace overcomes guilt. So much so that one day the Apostle Paul, you know his past now, is able to write this. Look at what he writes. Here is one thing I do. I forget what is behind me and I push hard toward what is ahead of me. I forget what is behind me. Say that with me. I forget what is behind me. Now what does that mean? Does that mean we can hit a delete button and then it ejects the memory from our brain. You know, with with some regrets that we have, it's not that easy to completely forget them. But here's what I think Paul is getting at, is that when you get grace in the picture, grace cancels out the power of that memory. 
The power of that memory no longer rules your life. Instead, grace gives you power over that memory and frees you from the power of that memory so you can reach forward instead of looking back. And today is the day. If you have been looking back and regrets have you focused on the past, today is the day to begin to look forward because someone, you've been living your life Looking at this. Do you know what this is? If you know it, shout it out. Shout it out louder. I got to hear it. That's right. It's a rear view mirror. Now, I borrowed this from a car in the parking lot. I'll put it back right after. Right after church, I promise. But you know how a rear view mirror works. You have a big windshield in front of you and you got a tiny rear view mirror because they don't want you spending all your time looking in the rear view mirror. Because it's hard to move forward if you keep looking back. And someone today, you've been living your life looking through the rear view mirror and living in the past. And today's the day to set that down because God wants to give you a life where you work through the, look through the windshield and allow hope to start to rise in your heart. Push toward what's ahead, amen? Push toward what's ahead. I saw a screening of a movie this week. I'll tell you more about that in the next couple of weeks. But one of the quotes from the movie said, yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. Cathedral of faith, let's win tomorrow. Cathedral of faith, let's win tomorrow. Let's win tomorrow. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. In fact, I'm going to give you Cathedral of Faith. I'm going to give you, I'm I'm designing our own 10-year challenge. Have you heard of the 10-year challenge? It's very popular right now, and it's trending on Instagram and all that stuff. And what the 10-year challenge is, is you post a picture of what you look like now and then what you looked like 10 years ago. And you can see some of the celebrities. Here's pink. On the left is what she looked like 10 years ago. Here's what she looked like today on the right. Then you have Ryan Seacrest 10 years ago. He kind of looks the same, doesn't he? And then you have Viola Davis 10 years ago on the left, 10 years ago, and now what she looks like today. And then I thought I would jump in there too. And you can see, here's what I look like today. And then here's what I look like 10 years ago. I just, you know. Everybody's got to have a dream, amen. But here's the thing. I want to turn that on its head. And I want to give you a 10-year challenge this week. Instead of looking back, look forward. And imagine, dream, create. You have a God who says... I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It's time to stop looking back and start looking forward to the glory of God. Let's give God praise one more time. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Which way are we moving, Cathedral? We're not going back. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. Oh, you got it. I I, I want, um, as the worship team comes, and I want you to, I want to invite Ricardo and Susanna to come up for just a moment. I want you to hear a little bit of their journey. Because if you're very discouraged, wherever you're discouraged in life, but especially in your marriage if you're discouraged, I want you to hear how God can take a situation and restore it and redeem it. Now, now, Ricardo and Susanna, you're traveling around, you know, singing, millions of people are hearing your music, and then you run into a crisis four years in, a crisis in your marriage. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's right. Well, first of all, we're so thankful to be here, Pastor, and, and Cathedral. We love you. Thank you for the hospitality, the love that you've shown us. Uh, like you were mentioning, four years into our marriage, we, we face one of those um, difficult, beyond difficult moments that few couples can really recover from, uh, which put us in a, in a, in a very uh, lack of hope situation, hopelessness. Um, and I'd like Susie to elaborate a little more. That's right, Pastor. Early on in our marriage, we dealt with terrible heartbreak brought upon by my infidelity for reasons that many couples can relate to nowadays, uh, low self-esteem, lack of confidence. um, (laughs) Mixed up priorities. And this led me to fall into an adulterous affair, which ultimately ended our hopes, our dreams, and our marriage. That's right. And if the story ended there, uh, we wouldn't be here today. But uh, God saw what could be when we were only seeing what was. And he changed. He changed the dynamic of our hearts, of our marriage. And he turned what seemed like a hopeless situation into a marriage that today can stand here and profess that God is the God that can do all things. All things. He can take your shattered dreams, your hopelessness. He can take your mistakes and even there glorify himself. So we stand here, we have a book called What If We Start Over, which narrates our story, which tells what God did in our lives. And if he did it in our lives, he can definitely do it in anybody's life. There is nothing impossible for God. When repentance meets forgiveness, everything is possible. Amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Wow. The book, it's an incredible book. They'll be in the back after service and have music and the book, and you can share more with folks back there. But I just want to say again, here they stand, 26 years of marriage, two beautiful daughters, twin daughters, as a testimony that anything is possible. I'm going to invite everybody to stand with me. And and Pastor John, if you'll come up, Pastor John is the campus pastor of our Spanish ministry here at the church. And I'm going to ask Pastor John to speak a prayer of hope over you. Close your eyes for just a moment. If you would say, Pastor Ken, just being real today, those who are watching online, 
you'd say, just, just again, being just flat real, Ken. I'm battling discouragement. I'm not giving into it, but I'm just in the middle of a battle with discouragement in my life. How many are right there this moment? Lift up your hand real high. You're just battling discouragement. Maybe it's despair. Some situation in your life you're, you're battling. I'm going to ask Pastor John to pray and declare hope over our lives today. That we'd have hope for the future so we can have power for the present. Amen. Pastor Ken, we, we hear so many stories of despair, of loss, divorce. We had uh, Ricardo and Susanna at our church in the Spanish church at a, a couple's conference this weekend. And we heard their story. They, they had ended up in divorce. They had been divorced. They had been gone through the whole process. But they didn't give up on God because God didn't give up on them. God has not given up on you. Said so God has not given up on you. I'll say it a third time. God has not given up on you. Hallelujah. Will you raise your hand just to receive a pastoral blessing today? I speak to you that the final word has already come. You have cancer. You're sick. Foreclosure's on its way. I've already filed for divorce. That's what man has said. But God rises up today, the fire of his spirit. And he says, I'm still on the throne. My middle name is Hope, Jesus says. There's hope in me because all things are possible in his name. So I pray that God would give you his favor. And his favor would go before you to show you his grace is working towards you. I would pray that God would open your eyes so that you can work with God in the way in which he is working with you. That he would turn things around. Where there has been a door slammed in your face, I pray the Lord would go before you and open doors where no man can close. Where they have said there's no future, I pray that the Holy Spirit would rise up inside of you and say, no, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Where they say there's no life, you will rise up and say, no, my God is life. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Barn, lead us in that song. got the message. Well, let that be in your spirit all week long, because that's how you keep hope alive, 
and your heart 